I am Barrington Brennan, counseling psychologist and marriage and family therapist, with your daily relationship nugget. This podcast today is a continuation of another podcast entitled, We Need Healing in Our Church. And here are a few questions I asked. What happens to a church when its members hope? and dreams have been shattered by an inappropriate behavior of their spiritual leader. Why do such things happen? Why do people in power violate the trust of people by seducing them? Some people respond to such questions by stating that the pastors are only human. Pastors are powerful human beings. No other human being on earth, at least it seems so, has the respect honor and privilege that pastors have, not even heads of states. Too many pastors, however, lack live in a dark world of secret sexual fantasies and inappropriate behaviors. Every week and month we are surprised by listening to news and finding out which notable popular pastor fell sexually. Too many pastors are themselves wounded and damaged material. They enter the ministry because it appeals to their need to be accepted and to become powerful. Instead of admitting to their own vulnerabilities, they allow their pride and ego to take control. When their inordinate sexual desires raise their ugly heads, these pastors become weak and powerless. The more powerful they are in the pulpit and in the eyes of the believers, the weaker they are to oppose the sexual forces within them. Accountability is the first step toward healing. The guilty mass pastor must ask its congregation for forgiveness for violating its trust. In addition, he should remove himself from the position of trust, or if only until complete healing has taken place. It would be wise that the church or denominational leaders remove the pastor from serving the church. If he is too proud to do this, then the congregational congregation will know that he is not a hopeful ministerial prospect. If the pastor is the in the highest authority in the church and is not accountable to high authority, then he or she and the church are in big trouble, especially if he denies what is so obvious to others. The greatest challenge to dealing with pastors who are accused of sexual misconduct or any other inappropriate behavior is when they deny that anything has happened, even when there are witnesses and tangible evidence. In their own words, everyone is a liar. People are only trying to hurt my ministry. End of quote. This is the time the pastor wields his most powerful sword of persuasion on the weak-minded, blindly loyal congregants. He uses his most effective weapon, the pulpit, to preach powerful sermons of how people in the Bible times try to destroy the innocent. He would appear to be so genuine and spiritual that blind loyalists would be more convinced that he is telling the truth. There have been cases where the pastor uses his creative powers by removing all persons from church office whom he thinks do not support him. These are the pastors that set themselves up as demagogues. 
Often, these kinds of behaviors are allowed to flourish because the church administrators, or those who are the pastor's advisors, do nothing about it. To prevent embarrassment or the reputation of the pastor or church, they cover up by not saying a thing, at least not a thing to the public. It is a hush-hush. End of quote. It becomes the biggest cover-up in the town. Sometimes they move the pastor to another district, send them overseas or even to graduate school to cover up. But whenever the pastor goes or wherever the pastor goes, he or she leaves a nasty trail of sexually inappropriate behavior. This is not helping the pastor. These administrators become just as guilty and are accomplices in the crime of destroying others and the life of the pastor. It is best to deal with the pastor honestly than to push the situation under the rug. When a wife finds out that a minister husband has been cheating on her, she may experience a mixture of feelings. She has been betrayed by the man to whom she gives her life and body. She may become extremely angry, frustrated, and ashamed. The news of her husband's sexual behavior may push her into a deep depression. Her greatest challenge is finding a confidant. Facing the congregation, friends, and, and sometimes relatives seems most difficult. The children also will face challenges at school from their peers who seemed so cold in their questioning and, and comments. Their lives have been turned upside down by their father's behavior. Little do we know, without divine healing and professional help, their lives will be ruined forever. I encourage such spouses and family members to seek professional help. And when I say professional help, I first mean someone who is a mental health professional. A counselor, psychologist, marriage and family therapist, clinical psychologist, a mental health professional. Find a trusted friend or family member to depend on. Avoid being alone for long periods of time. Avoid feeling guilty for what has happened. Your husband has made a choice on his own. You did not make him do it. Take care of yourself. You need not be troubled about making emotional, quick decisions about ending the relationship. However, finding your own peace might be most important. While going through this dark time in your life, remember, God has not abandoned you. Lean on Him. The sad part about all of this is that we can only help the pastor if he wants to be helped. To admit one needs help calls for great humility and the removal of false pride. This has been your daily relationship nugget. I am Barrington Brennan, keeping a smile on your heart.